Good morning and welcome to School of Parenting with Rachel Tyrrell on River Radio, the voice of the Thames Valley. We're brought to you by Goyles of Maidenhead, specialist uniform, workwear and sportswear suppliers for over 50 years. And you can listen to us on your mobile through the River Radio app or Alexa, enable River Radio, as well as our website, river.radio, and now even in your car. Now, my guest this morning is Anita Clear from Positive Parenting Project. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, Rachel. It's lovely to have you here. And we are going to be chatting this morning about how to introduce a new baby into the family. Now, that brings back memories, some not so good. So we're going to be chatting about that. If you you've got any questions for Anita, you can email Rachel at a river.radio or you can send us a tweet or message on Instagram, Facebook, all at River Radio Live. So welcome, Anita. And first of all, tell us a bit about yourself and your um, your business. Well, I've been working with parents now for about 18 years. I keep forgetting how long it is. <laughs> um, I've got an uh, academic background in developmental psychology so um, I've been working in family support for a long time originally in the um, public sector in things like uh, children's centres, Sure Starts Children's Centres okay. and uh, about 10 years ago I set up the, the Positive Parenting Project as an attempt to bring evidence-based parenting strategies to as many parents as possible because let's face it there's a lot of rubbish on the internet and Mm. parents are just bombarded with so much stuff and it's really hard to know what you should believe what you shouldn't believe so the aim was really to cut through and and give some really clear Uh, research-backed strategies that parents could rely on. Because I think you're right, if you actually Google anything, there's the whole overwhelm, isn't there, on the sheer amount of information. Yeah, and it can feel a bit judgy as well. Mm. Like, you know, if you're not doing the same thing as some other person is doing, you're doing it wrong. And it can be hard to tell, well, what's important, what's not important. So it was really about trying to cut through all of that and give some just simple practical ideas that really work that we know are based on how children learn how children think and how they grow um i'm also a a writer i have a book um called the work parent switch because the fact is that most parents do work these days Mm. um and i think that's another challenge that we're not just parenting in a void when that's all we've got to do we have to do all of this on top of going to work many of us as well you know whether that's part-time or full-time and that brings its own stresses and challenges so really trying to kind of offer really helpful support to parents well the challenge is that in that is where you the just the conflict and the struggle with I know for myself and and you know other guests we've had on the show is you kind of feel I'm not doing either a hundred percent I think we've got to let go of that one haven't we absolutely that guilt is so um common that parents feel like they're trying their hardest that you know they're, they're working till they drop they're parenting till they drop and they still feel like they're failing at both mm. of them mm. and I think sometimes we have some very high expectations and sometimes you know we feel like the details are a bit more important than they are that mm. you know if we don't 
take our child to a violin lesson and somehow we failed them and mm. we get we get hung up on on doing an awful lot of things that perhaps if we sat back and thought about it and thought you know what I'm probably doing quite a good job mm. I love my kids you know they love me I feed them I, I you know I teach them right from wrong I do the simple things so it's about trying to just focus on what really matters Okay. And so um, was this an issue that when you were working with parents and talking with parents that, that of, I mean, it's a big one, isn't it? Introducing a new baby when you've already got that, well, having a new baby, but the introduction of a new baby when you've got a toddler and another child around, it's really tough, isn't it? It's a big change. And a lot of parents look at that and they think, how am I going to do that? You know, it was so hard. I don't know about you, but when my first came along, I felt like I'd been hit by a bus. It was like, wow, this is such hard work. And then the idea that another one's going to come along, it's like, well, how am I going to cope with that individually myself? But how is my little one going to cope with that? Especially if they're toddlers and they haven't got words, you can't explain things to them Mm. and they're used to having you all to themselves Mm. so it's it's a big transition moment and it's easy to underestimate how worrying it can be going into that because we think well it should be fine you've done this once already what's the problem yeah exactly now you have said that the the key though is well first of all the acknowledgement that it's not going to be smooth sailing so we need to maybe come out of a bit of denial I suppose about that um and I and and then I guess not judge ourselves on that um but it the key is in the preparation isn't it so there's lots of things that parents can do before and I think it's really fascinating because I'm not sure I mean I, I said to you before we started I wish you'd been around when I had my second child but um just all the preparation that can be done before baby is even home so let's talk about some of those things yeah I think key really key to that is realistic expectations both Mm. for you but also for your little one for your toddler that we don't try and oversell it to them like you're going to have a lovely sibling because the fact is that babies aren't like that they cry Mm. they monopolize you know their parents that you they can't play to start with so a dose of realism introducing your little one to what is a baby really like and that could be through books or photos looking at photos of them when they were little and talking about them if you've got friends or family who's got babies or just in the park pointing them out so they get a sense of what is this abstract thing you know Mm. called a baby what's it going to look like what's it going to be like and and they've got some realistic expectations I think that's really key and then setting them up to succeed as a as a new sibling so it could be that you're helping them in terms of becoming independent making sure they can do maybe a few more things for themselves that you know that you perhaps have been doing for them or that you've got some habits and routines that involve you sitting still and reading books with them things that you might be able to do Mm. when you've got the new baby there so what you're trying to do is practice some of the skills some of the habits that you're going to want to be in place later as well as talking about it and kind of getting them involved in in some Mm. preparations I love that idea about not sort of um making it I suppose bigging it up too much because it's true isn't it that new baby comes along and for a while new baby just lies there and doesn't do anything and and cries or takes you know parents attention from the other sibling 
Yeah, and if we stand in a toddler's shoes and think, what's the advantage to them of this new baby? It's pretty hard to see any because Mm. they monopolise their parents, they take up all the attention, they can't play with them, they can't talk to them, they get told off for touching them in the wrong ways. There's lots of negatives. Mm. So we mustn't give them conflicting feelings about that. You know, one minute they might be brilliant with the new baby, the next minute they might find it hard. But let's just be realistic that this Mm. is a change process And there's going to be a few bumps along the way. And that's okay. It's fine for children to have bumps. It's fine for them to have reactions. And it's okay rather than thinking we can make this go perfectly. Because it's probably not going to be absolutely perfect. Let go of the perfect. Let go of the perfect. So in that preparation, you've mentioned about them maybe spending time if you've got friends who've got other younger babies... And this whole concept of teaching them about gentle. Talk to us a bit about that. Well, you know, children aren't known for necessarily being able to control themselves very well. And often they do, you know, they are a bit rough in their play, either just because they're excited or enjoying themselves, or if they're feeling emotional or angry, then they might be lashing out a little bit. Those Mm. are normal things for toddlers to do. So both for a new baby coming, but also just for their social skills, teaching them the right way to behave is always the best way to go with parenting. We can't stop children doing things, but we can replace it and teach them to do something different. So even before the baby comes, if we can teach them the word gentle, or it can be another word that Mm. makes sense, you know, to you, to them, and show them what that means. So we could take their hand, get them to stroke you, Mm. say, oh, look, you're touching me really gently, or, you know, stroking them in a gentle way, getting cuddly toys, or Mm. it might be even if you've got pets, they might even know a little bit about how to do Mm. this. But we keep reinforcing positively, look, oh, you're being gentle, you know, what a good girl, what a good boy, you're being so gentle, Mm. so that they understand that there is a way to touch that is going to get a really positive response. So we're not trying to kind of, you know, we can't explain to them that the baby's fragile. The toddlers can't understand those sorts of things, but we can get them into the habit of touching things in a gentle Mm. way and just being really positive with them about that. And then maybe we can prompt them if they're getting it wrong (coughs) and, you know, they have forgotten their gentle hands. We can say, oh, can you show me? Remember, show me how to be gentle. (gasps) Well done. I love, when you talk about it, I just think it sounds like such common sense but actually, it, it it's probably not, certainly not something I did before with my toddler. And yet I think about then what happened when the new baby came home and toddlers are just naturally quite heavy handed. And when you're a parent and you've got the new baby there, oh, it's just, oh, it's all coming back to me now. You know, with the soft little heads, you got have to be so careful, don't you, at the top of the heads. And actually, if if you haven't prepared them or practiced that, or as you said, with a an, um, you know a friend's baby or a pet, or even with yourself, just that's gentle touch. Well, obviously they're just going to go in, aren't they? How they always would. And then as a parent, our reaction to be. <gasps> oh gosh, don't touch the baby's head, that's really... De- and, and of course, that's your, you're going into that... Yeah, and that then they're feeling told off, We get really they? negative and jumpy mm. when they're around the baby and then they start to realise that, you know, they're getting a negative reaction when they touch the baby. So the baby mm. becomes a negative thing or perhaps 
they even learn unconsciously, you know, to do that a little bit to get attention from Mm. you when they're wanting attention desperately because they feel like, you know, they've lost a little bit of that. So it's much better to focus on teaching them the way you do want them to behave rather than just, you know, focusing on how you don't want them to do it. Yes, yeah. Now, in terms of the um, time, you know, you've made a, a point about actually we don't want to tell them too early that baby is coming along because what might fly by for us is going to seem like a really long time for for them. Yeah, and I do recommend that you do wait until kind of the later stages of pregnancy. There comes a point where you have to tell them, mm. you know, because you don't want them jumping on your belly or, or those yeah. kind of things. And But it, there's not much point telling them very early in this process because, I mean, you know, most toddlers can't understand waiting until four o'clock this afternoon, yeah. <laughs> let, let alone, you know, waiting six months for, for something. So it's a slow introduction of the idea. I think the first bit is just getting them used to the idea, pointing out families, families who have more than one child Mm. and say oh look you know they've got a brother they've got a sister just raising awareness kind of dropping that idea in rather than saying and this is what's going to happen Mm. to us Um, but we do want to involve them in preparations you know they do need to know what's coming I think the the really important thing is to make sure if you've got changes that need to happen okay that you stagger those because we you know when when a baby arrives a toddler often feels really like their whole world has changed and that can feel quite threatening and they can feel quite insecure about that so if we can make changes to their routine kind of in advance of that not at the same time if you need to change their morning routine or evening routine perhaps because you're not going to be able to do it somebody else is going to do it or you're changing them from a a cot to a bed to you know to make space for the baby do that earlier in the pregnancy to kind of move that along so they settle so that when the baby comes you don't have to change everything it's just one little bit that's changing we don't want them to feel like their whole world has fallen yes, apart yes yeah so you need to do a bit of thinking ahead then you obviously know when due date is thinking ahead to what's going to be an ideal situation I think now you've said that I do remember we moved from the cot to the bed I suppose that is the common one isn't it because if you've got a toddler they're likely to be in a cot and as you said you want to make that change before well I suppose you make a decision you're either going to do it before or you might do it quite a bit afterwards not at the same time (laughs) that they're getting kicked out of their cot because new babies come along yeah and it does take a bit of planning and we can't plan all these things can Mm. we there are some things that are beyond our control maybe you do have to move house or change nurseries or those things might have to happen Mm. but really thinking about don't change what you don't have to change okay trying to keep some things the same whether that's Mm. the pattern of their day the people who are involved who does what trying to get that settled into a routine before the baby comes so that they've got that security because you know that is what makes children feel secure is that Mm. they're doing the same things every day seeing the same people and 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 that's a really nice way to help them feel settled okay and then with major milestones that that they might have happening again like in in toddlers it it could be perhaps they're not at a nursery or they're going to a day nursery perhaps to free up a little bit of time for you with new baby or even things like potty training all those sorts of things I mean they're quite major things aren't they so you want to think about those 
Absolutely. And for your own sake as well, because, you know, having a, a newborn is hard enough without trying to, to potty train and do mm. other things, you know, at exactly the same mm. time. So, you know, if there are changes that have to be made, maybe, you know, if one partner is taking over a part of the day that they wouldn't have been doing before, just introduce that a little bit before, make sure everybody's sort of practiced in it and, and think about it. You can always wait, as you said, wait till afterwards, just give it a couple mm. of months when you've recovered, when things have stabilised and then maybe be you know launch into a different change at, at that point and well that's a really good point about the partner as well isn't it because that again that could could happen suddenly I'm not saying it's always you know mum or dad or whatever but suddenly one could then take over perhaps a key element of the routine that if they haven't done that before that that might sort of you know throw them a bit as well yeah, and it's it's important that both parents feel, you know, sort of equipped and confident in, in managing the toddler because if you have got a dad going on parental leave, for example, who perhaps hasn't had to deal with some of the toddler tantrums as much or as often or around particular times of the day, mm. making sure that, you know, everybody feels confident to, to do that. I think that can be really helpful and having some honest discussions about who's going to do what and workload and, mm. you know, the best ways to help each other I think communication is so key if you are you know sort of doing this with a partner having Mm. mechanisms to talk about things I always recommend a a weekly check-in that you have whether it's Sunday evening or some particular time of day when you have a bit of a check-in and you say right how are things going because when we talk about those things in the heat of the moment especially when we haven't been sleeping Mm. we might be hormonal you know we've got a a screaming baby those are not good times to talk and we often um, inadvertently attack or defend ourselves when actually we just need to say look how could we do this differently Mm. so having you know some really good communication strategies is helpful okay and then also arrangements so when it actually comes to day or due date is coming up um so having some arrangements which which as parents you obviously you've organize that you know what's going to happen to the toddler or whatever but getting them in the getting the toddler involved in that or making sure that they're comfortable with that or it's a person you know whether it's a grandparent or you know that kind of thing is important isn't it yeah babies do have um, a tendency to arrive at very inconvenient moments <laughs> don't they so so making sure that your toddler just knows that you mm. know maybe they've got a bag packed as well as you having a bag packed if you know or and that that, that they are going to go to a certain place and how long they'll have to stay there probably and mm. you know just a sense of what's going to happen mm. um, and when we talk about these things with children it's important to talk about the reuniting at the end of it so you might be saying you know if you're the mum you might be saying well this is what you know I'm going to do mummy's going to go to the hospital and then I'm going to have the baby or however whatever the arrangements are and then I'll stay there I might stay overnight and you Mm. might sleep here but then I'll come home and I'll introduce the baby to Mm. you so they have a sense that this isn't going to last forever it's a temporary thing you haven't just disappeared as such and that that can be helpful as well for your own peace of mind as well you do not want to be worrying Mm. about what's going on Mm. there at the same time as you know having to go through birth and all the the things that are involved on that (laughs) side of it absolutely oh well that that's some great information there so is there anything else I'm going to give you a little break Anita (laughs) because that's great but anything else in terms of preparation we've covered quite a few things there so you know changes arrangements um I mean lots of things that 
I suppose if we're putting our toddler right at the centre there and stepping into their shoes and saying, right, what is this really going to be like from their perspective? Yeah, I think a bit of realism for ourselves. That's always the other thing to remember, that you can do all of that. That doesn't mean to say that your toddler's not going to find it difficult or not mm. going to have a meltdown. So just being realistic and approaching that change, saying I can only do what I can do to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. And if there are bumps, we will deal with them. So we're not approaching this as something we can get completely right. We're just trying to do some helpful things. And if we expect those bumps then, then we're not going to, you know, yeah. beat ourselves up, judge ourselves. We we will expect them and hopefully be more prepared for them. Hopefully so. Brilliant. Okay, well, Anita, uh, Anita let's, take a, let's take a break and let's uh, listen to a song, Walking on Broken Glass, Annie Lennox. Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Ooh. Well, now for some pop music. Try this.
and welcome back to School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, and my guest this morning is Anita Clear from Positive Parenting Project. And School of Parenting is brought with brought to you by Goyles of Maidenhead, uniform workwear and sportswear suppliers for over fifty years. Now you can listen to us on your mobile through your um, apps. Ask Alexa, enable River Radio on our website, river.radio, and now even in your car. Um, So we've been chatting about, first of all, so introducing a new baby into your family, and we've we've done a lot of uh, chats so far about the whole preparation. So before baby has even arrived if you've missed any part the first part of the show you can listen back on podcast wherever you listen to your podcast just search for river radio school of parenting so anita we've covered those um we've spoken about the arrangements um the changes not making massive changes when you know week before baby comes don't kick the toddler out the cot and put them into you know about how important those things are um and other milestones that you might think about you know do you know do you do your potty training before or do you just delay that you know you certainly wouldn't be doing it um a few weeks later so um assuming that you know you've covered lots of those things obviously adding that it might not go smoothly we have to accept that indeed what happens then so baby arrives it, uh, what is what should parents how should they prepare their toddler for for the whole just actually walking in with baby yeah i mean i do think that's a matter of choice in some ways there are cultures in the world where people you know lock the doors and and stay inside and nobody comes to visit for quite a long time and there are mm. others where it's a big family occasion and there are lots of people around I think it's about what's going to work for you and and planning, you know, that in advance. But I would say you need to make sure that as a parent, the temptation can be that everybody comes in and pays attention to the baby, making sure your toddler is still getting attention from the adults around them. But also between, you know, with you. So if you are parenting with a, a partner making sure it's not always a case that the partner takes the toddler off and looks after them while you look after the baby if you're mum but that you do make sure you've got some special time still with each child each one of you okay. that's really important I think trying to make sure that it's not because dividing and building a team and using support are so essential take as much support as you can get you know if if grandparents want to move in and that's going to work do that you know whatever support you can get that's going to work for you and your family but try and design the support so that each parent is getting to do bits of parenting for all the children and you could even have like a special time kind of situation where whether it's 10 minutes 15 minutes in a day particularly with toddlers it's like all right now it's special daddy time or it's special mummy time and you just play with them or do whatever they want they can plan what they want to do with it but making sure that in your dividing up the the sheer amount of workload Mm. that there is with a new Mm. baby that you're mixing and matching a bit so that you know your children still get a bit of time with each parent and that's really key isn't it because as a as a new mum I guess you 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 might sort of get um you know feel that you have to be with the the new baby all the time but I suppose it's not just toddler is it to consider you've also got a partner 
and they're going to want to have some time as well. So that's a really, yeah. really so, important So the communication point. there is, is important, isn't yeah. it? Trying to work out what works for you. And it will be different, you know. And, and the fact is, you know, many dads aren't able to take long periods of time mm. off. And if they are, that's fantastic. But, mm. you know, many mums very quickly end up on their own with mm. a, a baby and a toddler and trying to, to manage that. And that's a real challenge. I, mean, I don't know about you, but when I had my first baby, I didn't manage to get dressed for about three mm. months, let alone mm. do anything else. <laughs> So then suddenly we're adding an extra baby to the family and we've got to do all of the things that we're normally doing. We've got to sort of carry on somehow. And yes, we've got the skills a little bit more. Mm. You know, we know the territory a bit more, but but it is quite demanding and can be a bit overwhelming because you know you feel like again it's you know we had that conversation about work and parenting you feel like you're not doing a good job at both yes yeah. and then you know when you've got two children you can suddenly feel like but I'm not I'm not yeah. doing either of these as well as I want to do them and we can have very high expectations of ourselves so yeah so that definitely I remember that first trip out actually and yeah probably took about three times as long as what might have been expected so it's not you getting yourself ready your toddler ready but then your baby and then all the things that you've got to bring along yes all of the equipment (laughs) I mean how would how do you manage them with um you mentioned about visitors coming and seeing new baby I mean how can you um because it's again it's it's one of those things it's so obvious isn't it but we do forget it because everybody is coming to visit the new baby and they are sort of ooing and ahhing over the tiny little baby that's there yet you've got a toddler is it do you mention to people I mean is it worth mentioning uh to take into account or I mean you're not going to suggest they sort of it's not like you want to try and bribe your toddler with gifts or something but I suppose that sometimes can be an option I think, you know, it might be worth having a quick word in, you know, your your mum or dad's ear or whatever it is yeah. to say, we really want to see you, It'd be lovely to have you. You know what would also be really nice? If you do these practical things for us. So I am very much an advocate of telling guests what to do. Oh, I love that. Whether that is, <laughs> you know what would help? please could you put the laundry on or, you know, do the washing Mm. up or please could you come, yes, say hi to me, say hi to the baby and then could you take the little one to the park or or do this, take him for an ice cream, feed the ducks, you know, just something special. I I really advocate being quite directive about what would help and not going into host mode because that's the last thing you need at that moment is to be being host. So tell them to bring their own food. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Don't expect that you're, you know, if, they, if they're staying over any kind of snack or, or dinner or meal time, they bring their own food and that includes food for you. Be very directive. You know, why not? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love, I wish I'd done that. <laughs> I wish I'd spoken to you. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, all things, I guess, that you're making that transition because at that point, then your toddler has realized so baby's home. Hopefully, you've managed any changes and so on. What about the the physical, I mean, it might be that your toddler is off to day nursery or, you know, something for maybe, you know, whatever, a couple of days, five days, whatever it is. But there are obviously then going to be times where you've got your toddler there, perhaps your partner's not there, has returned to work or something. How do you then manage that with the toddler when you've got to do those things that are needed for the new baby? 
I think the answer to that is any way you can, really. There's no sort of rights or wrongs in, in that situation. You know, you just have to, if you can teach your toddler to be as independent as possible, mm. that is brilliant. But be realistic, you know, that we can't expect toddlers to do childcare or mind babies. They mm. are just not emotionally mature enough to do that. And I definitely don't think, you know, you should be putting them in that position, especially if they're feeling emotional. Um, but really thinking about, you know, preparation is key, whether it is the night before making sure you've got clothes laid out for the toddler everything's ready so you've just make systems as simple as possible Mm. and potentially lower expectations a touch you know if the house isn't getting hoovered so often or you know things aren't being tidied up quite to the standard let things go for a little while and just focus on getting used to being able to cope with those those new routines um, as much as possible and how should should you know should you manage things such as if baby needs feeding or you know the bath time routine that sort of thing yeah so you know get into the habit of particularly if you're trying to sort of play with a toddler or look after a toddler at the same time as you know being with the baby try to think of activities that you can do while you're sitting down and feeding and those might be snuggling up with a book it might be games that you can play in which you are participating but still sitting down so saying you know Mm. something like Simon says getting your child to do things so you know really with that singing nursery rhymes coming up with ideas of things that you can sit down and feed but still be engaging because we can engage a lot with our toddlers just by using our voices and our attention Mm. you know sitting there we can be feeding and we can be saying oh wow you're doing a really good job lots of positive description a little running commentary on what they're doing Mm. so that they feel like you're noticing them we don't necessarily have to be physically doing things but they do need to feel like they're being seen and noticed and you know that they've got our attention so getting to the habit it's you know giving that running commentary of what they're doing and Mm. and and playing in a way that enables you to be sitting down um and it's there are still will be bumps they will want you to do things for them but equally toddlers get frustrated at everything they get frustrated about having the wrong colored cup Mm. so they are going to get frustrated when Mm. you don't do things for them so I think the other thing is not to use that as a stick to beat yourself with not to feel guilty if they are feeling frustrated by a situation that is part of the nature of toddlerhood Mm. and and that would be happening anyway and we often look at things and think oh that's Mm. because of me or that's because of the baby when actually it's our toddler being a toddler and doing Mm. what toddlers do so what happens then if your toddler has then gone into that mode where they're having a tantrum which as you said would be happening anyway because that's the age or the stage of their development but how do you then you know how should you then handle that the tantrum when you've got a new baby or or you're struggling with one of those massive um I can't even re- I blank them from my from my mind. You know the car seat, the that travel then, system that then goes on yeah. top of the pram, and then you're doing this, and you're trying to make sure your toddler's not running down the high street, running off the road, or you know all that kind of thing. Yeah. And then they throw a tantrum into the mix. Yeah, and obviously keeping them safe is always going to be number one. So if you need to put the baby down in a, in a safe place and, and and manage, you know your your toddler, you need to do that. Mm. But if they are having a bit of a meltdown, I think the first stage, whether it's connected with the baby or not, is just to say what you see and say, yeah, I can see, I can see you're frustrated because I said you couldn't do that thing. Mm. So name it, give a, a commentary on what's going on, name the emotion, 
say that you see it, I can see you're frustrated or I can see you're upset, whatever the word is, I'm going to sit here, yeah, and I'm going to wait until you calm down and I'm here if you want to come and have a cuddle. And then just wait. It's like a little storm, a tantrum. Mm. And we and they have to learn to wait that out and perhaps to develop a few mechanisms to kind of help calm themselves down a little bit but there's not much else you can do when we interfere when we get involved we often make it worse mm. and if we've got a baby with us we simply can't do that so well I'm, th- I'm thinking when you're out you're, you, you're going into that stage you just want to get them home and off the high street or out of people who are looking at you and maybe judging you and it's you know I mean I, I mean it's all it's all coming back to me Anita I know, I you can know see the sweat oh <laughs> but get up off the floor get in the car come on you just want to get out of the situation where as you said that's actually probably the opposite yeah. to what your toddler needs to hear If we stay calm when they've got really big emotions, Mm. then that's quite a powerful signal to them. When we panic or we Mm. join in, we get upset or we get angry, Mm. we add fuel to the fire. And what we say to them, what we signal is, this is a scary emotion, a scary situation. Look, even your big person, your big safe person is scared and upset and and panicked by this. Whereas Mm. if we stay calm and say, yep, you're upset right now, I can see that that's okay, you'll feel better in a minute, I'm here if you need me. Then they get the sense that, oh, okay, it's all right, this this situation is okay. Um, so that's, there's really little that we can do with tantrums because it's part of that, a bit, you know, that learning to regulate emotions. And, you know, children have to go through that process mm. of understanding what an emotion is, that it comes, that it goes, and that there are things that they can do to calm down. They're not doing it deliberately to wind mm. us up. They've just got very poorly developed mechanisms for managing big feelings. Mm. And we've got to wait for the for the brain to, to develop some of those. And that whole process with with toddlers, I mean, it's used for children of all ages, isn't it? That validation, it really does diffuse. I know when you're actually in it, it's you've got to remember to use it. But it does really work, doesn't it? In diffusing by naming how they all just so they know that they're being acknowledged or heard or you're seeing that feeling. It works for all ages. It works for adults too. I mean, I think when we argue, I don't know about you, but when I argue with my husband, quite often it's because I'm not feeling like he's hearing me or my Mm. point of view or that he understands the emotion because he's Mm. telling me I shouldn't be thinking that or shouldn't be feeling that or that I'm overreacting. And that makes me overreact even Mm. more when we feel like, you know, we're not having the validity of how we feel accepted. So just accepting it and saying, yes, I can see that. It might be that your toddler's tantrum is from a ridiculous cause, very ridiculous. Perhaps you have said, you know, you won't get up and get a toy that is two feet away from them and they have a big tantrum about it. Mm. But the emotion is real. That's, you know, that is real. So just acknowledging that and waiting for the little storm to pass. And just a word of warning, you know, sometimes toddlers especially who haven't got very good language skills can do things like a little bit of, um, it's not really self-harming, but things like headbutting, Mm. you know, either on the floor or you as a a response to big emotions. And sometimes that can happen when a new baby arrives. Mm. And I'm saying that not because it will happen, because if it does happen to you, it's really good to know that it does pass, that this mm. isn't just you. And I say that from experience. My eldest 
did that. And a woman in a pub, and you talked about feeling jugged, she came up to me and I had a new baby and we were sitting in the pub garden. Goodness knows how we got there. And, and, and my little one started banging his head against a wall and she came up to me and she said, I just want to tell you, mine did that as well. It's okay. Oh. And I've never been so grateful mm. for, for, for that. So it's mm. really important to know that sometimes they'll have good moments and bad moments. Sometimes they'll feel quite extreme, but they will adapt mm. and there will be a new normal. That will happen and you just have to, you know, just ride out some of those early stages and, and you will be a new family unit and all of that will be passed. Well, on that point about them sort of being allowed to, I suppose, let out those frustrations and that, I do remember um, a friend's um, uh, had been advised about getting a, a doll for her toddler. Um, so it was then... I suppose, I don't want to say they took the frustration out, but they actually then had their own doll, like baby-looking type doll. And so if there is a bit of frustration or if there is, because I suppose you've got to make sure your baby's protected. I know you've, you know, you do say it's really important that you don't leave a baby unattended, even if it's to pop into the kitchen or pop anywhere. But I mean, is that has that is that something that could help from your experience? I think telling a toddler what to do with their emotion can be quite helpful. So for example, if they are feeling frustrated, you know, you could say I can see you're feeling frustrated. Why don't you jump up and down so rather than saying stop doing that yeah. it's always a good idea mm. to say start doing this because we can't stop things mm. we need to replace them so having things like you know and it might be with an older child going upstairs and hitting their pillow when they're really angry is a temporary kind of way to to manage that mm. I'm not sure that I would be encouraging them to do that with a doll because <laughs> I think with toddlers I'd be very worried that they no. wouldn't know the difference no and, and and very much what we really want them to do is to develop healthier mechanisms, mm. which is, you know, when they can to be able to talk. But when you can't yet communicate mm. and you've got all those big feelings, that's very frustrating. But something like jumping up and down. My mm. youngest son, he was a little bit older, used to go jump on the trampoline when he felt emotional. And that was his mm. way of, of dealing with it. Um, so something active like that can be mm. quite useful or just lying still or having a special toy that they go and cuddle, mm. you know, when they're feeling so emotional. Something that they have so if you're out yes yeah, so a special toy or it might be a, a doll in a pram or something it doesn't matter if they're a boy or a girl does it but a doll in a pram or something that they but they've got that there's theirs then yeah, sometimes to- toddlers like having special um, toys. Um, we call it a transition object, really. And, and okay, it, psychologists look at it as a as a parent substitute. So you know the the kids who have right. like blankies yes. or things that they they cuddle mm. and they can't bear to be without. It's a special comfort object. Okay. It's hard to force those on a child if they don't want them. Um, yeah. But definitely, if they use them, make sure they've always got access to them when there's a potentially emotional kind of situation. Going and again, on. could that be something that perhaps in the preparation stage so it's not oh well I've got this now because you've got baby but it's there's something that perhaps you introduce much earlier then you could try and not all children will take to them I think ultimately what they need is us and and the challenge is not getting them to accept not to have us but really trying to find ways that they get little bits of us Mm. that they get enough of us at the right moments and that they get enough attention to feel like that their world hasn't 
collapsed um and that might be through just making sure that you know we are doing things snuggly things like reading stories with them and cuddling up and things that we used to do that we still do with them that are little traditions okay. we can introduce little rituals like you know say always saying good night in exactly the same way and right. if you do that after the baby arrives it gives them that sense of continuity mm. that oh everything is still the same so really reinforcing that things are, are still the same as much as possible okay but it's you know sometimes it's just a logistical challenge yes with a toddler on their own let alone with a baby as well, well and <laughs> on that you you've spoken about um about how it's n- things aren't necessarily going to be 50 50 and about what is actually needed not as opposed to let's say you know half and half all the time talk to us a bit about that concept yeah I think sometimes especially as you know children get older parents can get a bit hung up on the idea that everything has to be 50 50 Mm. and children push us down this Mm. you know they'll be like well you know he's got more I was gonna say peas but I'm not sure a child ever fought over peas he's got more cake than me or (laughs) you know more of you know he's got a bigger biscuit and they they really want everything to be fair and equal and you know kids are always saying it's not fair and I think if we follow them down that route, it's a little bit dangerous because we end up counting every P, every penny, mm. every moment of time. Mm. And to have a family that thinks about, well, what do people need from me? So at this moment, my baby needs this. What they really need is, you know, to be to be fed, to be cared for, to get sleep, to have those things happen. What my toddler really needs is to feel a sense of connection, to spend a little bit of time with me, and also to go off and play with other children and start to learn to do those things. So it's not about 50-50, whether it's time or, or peas. It's mm. about what do they need and how can I make sure each child is getting from me what they need? And that might involve different amounts of time. Mm. It might involve doing different things, but really thinking about from their point of view, what mm. do they need from me right now? And and while all of this is going on, um, I know, Anita, that you've, you, you know, you've said for new mums, especially new dads, obviously as well, but, but new mums who are potentially at home for a longer period of time with the baby is just being realistic, but looking after yourself as well. And I love your example of that doesn't mean you go, you might go and sign up for a, for a class, which let's face it, you're not going to be able to fit in, but taking the little five minute Talk to us about that. Well, I don't know about you, but I am terrible at leaving self-care to the end of Mm. the day and then not doing it. Mm. I have very good intentions. I'm going to do, you know, half an hour of internet yoga or whatever it is. Does it happen? No, it doesn't. Mm. And I think if you've got a a small baby, that's even more likely. So I try and recommend that people do self-care or well-being snacks and nothing to do with food, just little portions, bite-sized portions of time where you do something just for you. Now, it could be that you sit and stretch your neck for two minutes, or if the sun's shining, you just put your face in the sun for a minute and enjoy that feeling. Or if you're feeling like you want to do some star jumps, do some star jumps, you know, or you do a five-minute little meditation on a on an app. Mm. But little tiny bits throughout the day, which are really about you and having that attitude that you matter, whether that's just checking in with your body and thinking, how am I doing? Am I thirsty? Oh, goodness me, I haven't had a drink for, for ages. Mm. I need to have a drink. I need to stand up. I need to move around and, and checking in with yourself because 
we can't be there for our kids, you know, unless we do look after ourselves. And I don't know about you, but when I'm stressed and when I'm feeling run down, that's when I start getting snappy mm. as well with mm. the people around me. And, and toddlers and young children become much harder to deal with if you're already right at the end of your tether. Exactly. So it's not going to be great for them, is it, if you're no. not doing those little things. OK, well, we're going to take a quick uh, song break. Jess Glynn, don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> Let's remember that if you're a new mum out there. Um, and then when we come back, we're just going to get Anita's five top tips. Well, there might be might be more, but just some top tips to take away um, from, from this this morning. If you have got a new baby on the agenda or you've got somebody in your family who's uh, got a new baby um, that they're welcoming to their family. Windsor, Windsor, Ascot, Ascot Maidenhead, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Bracknell Wokingham, Wokingham, Henley, Henley Reading. Reading. Okay. Ta-da. The voice, River Radio of the Thames Valley.
Good morning and welcome back to School of Parenting on River Radio, the voice of the Thames Valley. School of Parenting is brought to you by Goyles of Maidenhead, specialist uniform workwear and sportswear suppliers for over 50 years. And my guest this morning has been Anita Clear from Positive Parenting Project. Um, Thank you so much, Anita, for coming on this morning. Um, If anybody's missed any parts of the shows, you can go and listen back on podcast just wherever you listen to your podcast just search for river radio school of parenting or you can go to our website river.radio so we've spoken about um, introducing a new baby into the family if you have a toddler the preparation stages and then what happens after babies arrived how to make things as smooth as they possibly be um, accepting of course that there will be some bumps that's absolutely um, natural but Anita how can if people want to find out more if they find or if they want to work with you specifically um, obviously positive parenting project you cover a whole range of other areas as well how can people do that how can they find you well um, I have a uh, parenting advice blog called thinking parenting which is on our website which is anitaclear.co.uk and that's totally free resources you know to help parents in all stages of the parenting journey we also do some free events so we've got a, a Facebook live coming up on June the 22nd which is easy boredom busters um, particularly to if you're tempted you don't want to reach for the screen mm. so we do free events free webinars I do one-to-one coaching both you know in person and remotely so if you go to the website and go to the get support section there's lots more information we also have a, an online parenting course um, which is self-study and then I can provide a few kind of extra sessions alongside that as well and of course my book if you're a working parent um, or if you're heading back to work after mm. parental leave um, that's called the work parent switch and it's published by vermilion and available from all good booksellers oh, i assume brilliant. we also depending on who you work for if you are a working parent we do um webinars and kit days keeping in touch days okay. for working parents in local companies um so maybe get in touch with your hr department and lobby them for Fantastic. a bit of support in the workplace um for for things like that okay. so Excellent. So can you, Anita, sum up for our listeners your top tips on how to best prepare for this major, major transition in, well, in a parent's life, but, you know, in a toddler's life? What's your your top tips? You might have more than five. Uh, Well, we've spent (laughs) ages talking about them, but I think the first one is in the preparation. Be realistic. Talk about babies. You know, make sure they know what a baby is and kind of, you know, look at those baby photos, that kind of thing. I think my second tip, really important, maintain routines. Try and keep things the same. Don't change what you don't have to change. So that Mm. predictable routine and consistency really helps young children feel secure. Tip three, get support, draw on your team, build a team, you know, and and get the best out of your your support by telling them what to do and and how to help you and and communicate well with that team. Because I think on some level, we might just think that we want to do it all. Am I right? Or we want to do it perfectly, or we don't want to perhaps ask for the help. I wish I'd ask for more help. Some of us think, you know, we have to do it well by being a coper, by coping with it, Mm. no matter how hard it is. Mm. But there are no medals being given out for coping. They absolutely are not. 
So, so you know, ask for the support, ask for the help, be directive about how people can help you. Mm. And, and people are so willing to do that. So yeah. it's not a sign of failure, actually. It's a sign that you are, you know, actually doing the right things. Mm. Um, so, yeah, get support. Don't worry about emotions. Babies' emotions, you know, they tend to be all around, you know, simple things. But with your toddler's emotions, if they are feeling emotional, it's okay. That's what they do. That's part of their age. So don't use that as a stick to beat yourself with. Mm. just do some coaching emotion coaching say what you see name it and wait for it to pass okay Um, i think that's four and the last one is be patient you will adapt you absolutely will adapt as a family you know it might be bumpy it might be a little bit rocky but there will be a new normal you know quite quickly so do what you need to do in those three six months whatever it is to get by and that's when you then start to have you know all the the real benefits of a of a young family and being able to do things together a bit more but that will happen so mm. yeah don't panic there's light that. at the end of the tunnel yeah <laughs> we do we do share lots of tips you know on social media you'll find the um positive parenting project on facebook and we sell we, we share daily tips on things so if oh, you need a, a little dose of motivation mm. every day then you know follow us there or i'm also on instagram as well um with something similar i think all parents should get help and support but we also have to be a bit careful where it comes from that we're that we're looking mm. at as i said at the beginning evidence-based support something that's helpful and practical and doesn't make you feel bad and that's a really good kind of thing to think is this support making me feel good or bad is this advice making me feel good or bad if it's making me feel bad then i'm not sure that it's the right thing to be listening to if it's making me feel like i feel empowered mm. i feel able to do that and i've got a really clear sense of why i should do that then it's probably a bit more reliable. So, okay. Yeah. I love the um, say what you see. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Love that. That can be used for everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> everything. Any age, I think, your, your children oh, are. I, I have teenagers. And well, I have any to, relationship, yes, probably. Definitely use it on, on older children as well. Excellent. Oh, well, thank you so much, Anita, for coming in and uh, sharing all that information. I've I've got more questions I could ask you about. We could keep going, keep going for ages. Um, But thank you so much, Anita Clear from Positive Parenting Project. And you can listen back to our show on podcast. Just search for River Radio School of Parenting. School of Parenting is brought to you by Goyles of Maidenhead, specialist uniform workwear and sportswear suppliers for over 50 years um so we've we've run out of time i can't believe that it just flies by um you can tune into river radio uh from 7 p.m this evening for inside the music scene with tara dean um and you can go on to river.radio to check um for our other shows we've got the lovely turning pages with heather tomorrow if you're into your books um let's do lunch with jenny tishi if you're into your food um so just check out um river.radio for our schedule there and next week on the show well it's half term isn't it next week um we are going to be uh listening again on the show to the lovely joe keys who's going to be sharing all her um exam tips how your 
children and teenagers can eat to help with stress and exams because whilst GCSEs or A-levels may be over soon, lots of other year groups have got exams after half term. I know lots of children are going to be revising in their half term, hopefully taking a bit of a break as well. Um, So you're going to get an opportunity to listen again to uh, Joe Keys sharing that information. So tune in next week to School of Parenting, the school you want to come back to because family life doesn't come with a manual thank you so much Anita oh it's been a pleasure Rachel